You're listening to Sermon Audio from Grace Community Church of Gresham, Oregon. For more information about service times and ways to follow us online, please go to gracecc.net. That's gracecc.net. And thanks for joining us. Good to have you here in COVID land and celebrate the things we can share together. Uh, Seems like it's going crazy here a little bit. We're here... Again, in our series on Jeremiah, this is our third sermon on this, and we want to welcome you all on, there online as well as you are here in the, in the room. And for those who may be watching later or listening, uh, we're going to think that this today is when we're celebrating Sanctity of Human Life Sunday. The whole month is really Sanctity of Human Life, uh, but we're thinking of it together here. And this, this verse from Jeremiah chapter 1 that Gabe preached on a couple of weeks ago I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart. And that's true. We believe God knows every single life from conception to natural death. And we think of local groups here, Pregnancy Resource Center is one of the great things. Sherry has volunteered the Gresham Clinic. Carrie Shores back in the back. We want to honor her for 20 years of directing that particular ministry. She's retired now. And just what a great service she's done. And we're thinking about unborn human life, we believe that no matter when a baby is in the womb, it's a living being. It's really interesting today that with ultrasounds and such, this is an ultrasound of a 12-week-old baby. So it's about a, less than a third of the way through, and you can see it's got all its pieces and parts. You can see it moving around, it, uh, seeing it live. I remember when I saw the, the only ultrasound I've seen live was of my twins, Bethy and Jesse Schlender, and I saw Luke and Thomas in utero in an ultrasound, and I was standing right beside Bethany as they had this ultrasound in her belly, and I mean, it was an amazing, amazing picture, and those twins were eight weeks old at that part. Living beings, precious this is my friend Dave Lomas. He's pastor of Reality San Francisco. I've known him for quite a while. He and Ash were unable to have children for a long time. And they had little Junie here about two years ago, a little more than two years ago. And this is his brand new Moen. This is about six days ago. We celebrate human life at every point. We want to support human life. And many people struggle with what uh, Carrie calls unsupported pregnancies. And they often make choices to choose abortion because that baby would be too much of a complication in their life. I know people like that. I know people, good and godly people, who have chosen abortion simply because a child was too much to bear. And we believe a child is never too much to bear. Oh, you need help. Yes, it'll change things. But we believe human life is supporting all the way from, I mean, this, this guy, literally newborn, he's just hours old at this point. But from there till natural death. And we've celebrated a lot of death here in the last few days. But it's not just infant life. It's the throwaway kids, foster kids. I just saw a statistic that more than 50% of the foster parents in Multnomah County are evangelical Christians. Many churches, ours included, except for COVID right now, celebrate foster parents' night out. Just a support system for foster parents 
because we believe that the lives of throwaway kids are important worth celebrating as well. Grace Community Church is involved in a number of different ministries. One of them is our fa- my father's house, which is right here in the community. It's a, it's a community shelter, and uh, many of you have volunteered over there and done stuff with them. We support them financially through our church. Some of you pro- support them financially, individually, because we believe shelters for women who are in trouble and families who are in trouble is a part of sanctity of human life. People need support in their life. Arms or abuse recovery and ministry services is there to help men and women struggling in domestic violence situations. It's amazing, powerful ministry. There's so many other places we do that. Union Gospel Rescue Mission, downtown Portland, Life Change. Bill Russell, director there for a long time, part of our church. Uh, he's retiring. Well, he's trying to retire now. It's not working out real well. Uh, but, I mean, just stuff with the homeless, people suffering homelessness, and life change, drug addiction, those kinds of things. Portland Rescue Mission, same kind of thing. Sharon and I live right across the street from Shepherd's Door, which is a community shelter for women and children uh, who are, in many cases, domestic violence. Uh, we believe sanctity of human life. We focus a lot on the unborn because they're so much at risk. 40 million, perhaps, children have been killed in the past 50 years through abortion. We believe that's a a national sin. We want to support families in unsupported pregnancies. There was a show, there was a story last night. How many friends of On the Road with Steve Hartman, Channel 6 News? Nobody? Seriously. Like, repent, get a life, people. Good night. No, Steve Hartman finds these incredible stories, and it's always the last story on the news, usually on Saturday night. And last night, they had a woman from Portland, Jean Gustafson, whose boyfriend from college, they had broken up Steve Watts. And the reason they'd broken up is because she's white and he's black. And 40-plus years ago, that was not okay for them to be married, so they broke up. She lives here in Portland, Jean Gustafson, and she found out that her boyfriend was a throwaway guy. Drug addiction, homelessness, in a shelter, and she went back to the West. And if you saw it last night, you can watch it online. Here is this guy who most people would say is worthless, that she went back and went into his room with the cameras And he can't even speak. His life is so ruined. And he is trying desperately to mouth out, I love you. She brought him home to Portland. And he is in her home. And we're all waiting to see, is he going to propose? And hypothetically, she said, yes, I might accept his proposal. If he hypothetically... But see, we believe all human life is worth supporting. And that's what we do here at Grace Community Church as part of this. And again, I want to really honor Carrie Shore for 20 years of directing the Pregnancy Growth Center here in Gresham. She's she's an amazing woman. Sanctity human life, wherever it comes. Okay, we're going to look at Jeremiah chapter 3 together here today. So if you've got your Bible, I'd encourage you to take a look at it. It'll be up on the screen. Uh, I want to read this because trying to get a feel of what it's talking about, Jay talked last week about the ultimate sin. 
And the ultimate sin, fundamentally, is not trusting God, not being loyal to the God who created us and gives us all good things. It's being involved with other gods, other spiritual beings, and adopting their ways, which is, well, it's terrible. Jeremiah chapter 3. If a man divorces his wife and she leaves him and marries another man, shall he return to her again? Would not the land be completely defiled? But you have lived as a prostitute with many lovers. Would you now return to me, declares the Lord? Look at the barren heights and see, is there any place where you have not been ravished? By the roadside you sat waiting for lovers, sat like a nomad in the desert. You defile the land with your prostitution wickedness. Therefore the showers have been withheld. No spring rains have fallen. You have the look of a brazen look of a prostitute. You refuse to blush with shame. Have you not just called to me my father, my friend from my youth? Will you always be angry? Will your wrath continue forever? This is how you talk. But you do evil all you can. During the reign of King Josiah, the Lord said to me, this is talking to Jeremiah, have you seen the faithless Israel has done? She has gone up on every high hill and under every spreading tree and has committed adultery there. I thought that after she had done all this, she would return to me, but she did not. And her unfaithful sister Judah saw it. I, have, I gave faithless Israel her certificate of divorce and sent her away because of all her adulteries. Yet I saw that her unfaithful sister Judah had no fear. She also went out and committed adultery because Israel's immorality mattered so little to her. She defiled the land and committed adultery with stone and wood. In spite of all this, her unfaithful sister Judah did not return to me with all her heart, but only in pretense, declares the Lord. The Lord said to me, Faithless Israel is more righteous than unfaithful Judah. So go proclaim this message toward the north. Return, faithless Israel, declares the Lord. I will frown on you no longer, for I am faithful, declares the Lord. I will not be angry forever, only acknowledge your guilt. You've rebelled against the Lord your God. You've scattered your favors to foreign gods under every spreading tree. You have not obeyed me, declares the Lord. Return. Faithless people, declares the Lord, for I am your husband. I will choose you, one from a town and two from a clan, and bring you to Zion. Then I will give you shepherds after my own heart who will lead you with knowledge and understanding. In those days when your numbers have increased greatly in the land, declares the Lord, people will no longer say, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. It will never enter their minds or be remembered. It will, it will not be missed, nor will another one be made. At that time, they will call Jerusalem the throne of the Lord, and all nations will gather in Jerusalem to honor the name of the Lord. No longer will they follow the stubbornness of their evil hearts. In those days, the people of Judah will join the people of Israel, and together they will come from the northern land to the land I gave their ancestors as an inheritance. I myself said, how gladly would I treat you like my children and give you a pleasant land, the most beautiful inheritance of any nation. I thought you would call me father and not turn away from following me, but like a woman unfaithful to her husband, so you, Israel, has been unfaithful to me, declares the Lord. A cry is heard on the barren heights and weeping and pleading of the people of Israel because they have perverted their ways and have forgotten the Lord their God. Return, faithless people. I will cure you of your backsliding. Yes, you will come to you. We will come to you for the... 
We are, you are the Lord our God. Surely the adulterous commotion on the hills and the mountains is a deception. Surely in the Lord our God is our salvation. From our youth shameful gods have consumed the fruits of your ancestors' labor, their flocks and herds, their sons and daughters. Let us lay down on our shame and let our disgrace cover us. We have sinned against the Lord our God. But we and our ancestors, from our youth till this day, we have not obeyed the Lord our God. If you, Israel, will return, then return to me, declares the Lord. If you put your detestable idols out of my sight and longer go astray, in a faithful, just, and righteous way you swear, as surely as the Lord lives, then the nations will invoke the blessings by him, and in him they will boast. This is what the Lord says to the people of Judah and said to Jerusalem, Break up your unplowed ground and do not sow thorns. Circumcise yourselves to the Lord. Circumcise your hearts, you people of Judah and the habits of Jerusalem, or my wrath will flare up and burn like fire because the evil you have done burn with no one to quench it. This is the word of the Lord, and you say, thanks be to God. It's a sobering passage, but what we see here is the heart of Yahweh, who's the good and gracious creator, the one who showers his people good blessings, but instead of being faithful to him and adopting his ways, they're going after the other gods. Baal, the god of power. Just like in our day, you gather power to yourself so you can crush your enemies. The god of wanton pleasure. Any desire I have must be filled now in the way I want to be filled it. So instead of the way of Yahweh, which is you use your power to serve, and you, use your, you focus your passions for the sake of faithful relationship. They're going after the Asherahs with their sex. They're going after the Baals with their power. They're going after Moloch with the child sacrifice. And, and God is saying, please, stop. Come back. The problem, the problem of the people, I mean, it's obvious. They have adopted the ways of the Lord. I mean, look at this. I brought you in a fertile land to eat his fruit and richly produce, but you came out and defiled my land. You made it dirty by the things that you're doing. Now, we can look around our city and see the same kinds of things happening today. People where their actions are defiling and dirtying our city. Same kinds of things then as now. And you've made my inheritance detestable. What's happening here, you see, is Judah's apostasy defiles everything. Because you start following the way of the other gods. Again, you're consolidating power to yourself to crush your enemies. You're saying your passions must be filled right now in any way I want, and who cares about the impact of it? They're defiling everything. This is a problem. Not only that, have you just called me my father, my friend, my youth? Will you always be angry? Your wrath is coming? But look at this. This is how you talk, but you do all the evil. You call me father, but you do all the evil anyway. What do we call that when somebody says one thing and does something else? We call it hypocrisy. So you're saying the right words, at least some of the time, but their actions are completely belying what they're saying. And that's the problem. That's the problem. And it's not done yet. Israel's immorality mattered so little to her, she defiled the land. 
the adultery of stone and wood. In spite of this, her unfaithful sister, you did not return to me with all her heart, but only in pretense. We've seen those already. What's God's response? Faithless Israel, the wicked people of the north, are more righteous than God's people Judah to the south. It's really ironic. Judah ignored Israel's example. If you remember your history, Assyrians came in and conquered the northern ten tribes, took them into captivity. And you'd think the people in the south would learn from what happened, but no, they didn't. They just ignored it and went on with the same kinds of sinful ways and worse, and their sin is even worse. What's God's, what's God's problem? The problem is the sin of the people. Why did they do that kind of a sin? Why did they do that kind of a sin? And the simple answer is, we felt like it. It's fun. Who are you to tell me what to do or not to do? I'm going to define for myself what's good and bad. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. And I don't like those guys over there, so I'm going to bust them up. I'm going to get power to do that. And that's the problem. That's the problem that God's doing. It. I think about this, and I think, what's God's response to their sin? What is God's response to their sin? Well, the first thing is they've defiled the land. Therefore, the showers have not been withheld. No spring rains has fallen. This is God's response to our sin. I think what he's doing here is withholding blessing. Now, as a good parent, when you think of parenting kids, same thing you do. If kids act up in the wrong kinds of ways, the first thing you do is withhold certain privileges. That's what God is doing. He's withholding blessing. Why do you do that? Because he wants them to live faithfully, to live with integrity and faithfulness. But it's not done there. I gave faithless Israel her certificate of divorce, and that's a time out. God is doing the same thing as any good parent does, is giving consequences, and a time out is a part of that. And lastly, but only after a good long period of time, your conduct and action brought this on you. Your, this is your punishment, and it's bitter and pierces the heart. Yes, so he does punish, but it's only after a long time of calling them righteousness, a long time of warning them, a long time of encouraging directing. Is God the evil, cruel master? No. He's trying to do what he can to get his children to live faithfully and in, with integrity, and they're not doing it. I think about this. God's problem, I'm going to call it the elephant in the room. Well, the first thing is really obvious. God's problem at the one point is, well, this is verse 1. If a man divorces his wife, she leaves him, marries another, can he return to her? But look at this. Would you now return to me? See, God's first problem is, will the people really return? He's offering them all kinds of things. He's calling them to come back. Will they really return? That's the problem. How does he get people that are indulging in their sinful ways, which is fun for the night, it sure ruins you for tomorrow, but tonight it's fun. How do you get them to return? That's God's problem, but it's not the only problem. If you know your Mosaic law, 
If a man divorces his wife and she leaves him, can he ever return to her? See, in the Mosaic Code, Deuteronomy 24, it says this. If, her first, if a man divorces his wife and she goes and marries another one, and then that man divorces her, her first husband is not allowed to marry her again after she's been married to another. That would be detestable in the eyes of the Lord. Do not bring sin upon the land of the Lord. God is giving you as an inheritance. See, God's law, trying to limit the damage of divorce, says that if a man kicks his wife out, and then he decides, hey, she's okay, he can't take her back again. That's the yo-yo kind of thing. I hate you today, I love you tomorrow. Come back, baby, so we can do, have some fun. And God says, you can't do that. And what's happening, see, that's the question. Can God justly take back his wife who is married to another God? See, now he's using this as a marriage analogy, but it actually works out pretty well. How can God justly take back his wife, Judah, after they have married Baal and Asherah. How can he justly do that? That's the elephant in the room. But then there's a problem beyond that, of course. And that is, will, will he take them back after they've hurt him so terribly? Because by their adultery, their sinful adultery, adopting the worship in the ways of other gods, they've insulted God horribly. And this is not the angry God in the sky. This is the God of all compassion and grace and faithfulness and justice, so to anger and ready to forgive just about anything. He's been hurt desperately. Will they return? They haven't so far. Can he justly take them back? And will he take them back after they've hurt him so badly? I've done a fair bit of marriage work in my life. And I'd think of one case, I mean, one of several, where, in this case, a, a husband left a wife for another woman, did it in a very, very, very painful kind of way. And then two years later, he, aha, I was so stupid, and wanted to come back to his wife because she's beautiful and wonderful, and he wants to be married to her again. What do you think she had to say to him? That's what God's problem is. How can he take them back, legally and emotionally? Well, God's answer. Here's the thing. Pro proclaim this message toward the north. Return, faithless Israel. He will take them back. He will take them back. How can he do that? Doesn't God's law keep them from doing it? And the reality is God's grace trumps God's law. Because see, law is meant to, the Mosaic Code is meant to reduce the damage of sin. It's to guide the people of Israel, but it's meant to limit sin. So the divorce law is to limit just the egregious mishandling of, in that case, men kicking their wives out and then later saying, come back. And God is not bound by his own law. It's a temporary way of living. 
And God's grace is bigger than God's law from God's side. Good thing or bad thing? Good thing or bad thing? I'm glad that God's grace is bigger than God's law. But there's a cost to it. But there's a cost to it. He's faithful. So when I think about that, God is faithful, means that he stays in the relationship even when there is violation on the other side. This is the amazing thing is God does not give up on his people. Now, he may punish them as we've seen, and he does. But God remains faithful to us even when we are unfaithful to him. There's a side on our side, too. But this is one that I like. Would you not call me? I want to treat you like my children. I want you to call me father. And so I find is God is not only faithful, but God is father. What does a father do when his wayward child repents and returns? Well, this is my experience from Monday. This is one of my grandkids over in Boise. Luke, now, Luke had not been a bad kid, but he needed some snuggles. This is what God does when people decide to return to him in honesty, not in hypocrisy. He delights in it. What does he do with the justice? What does he do with the pain that's involved in the violation? Well, let's keep looking. God is holy. What does it mean that God is holy? What does it mean that God is holy? Well, there are two meanings for holy. One of them is that it is he is awesome. He is worthy of all respect. He is majestic, high and lifted up. The other meaning of holy is dedicated to. And because God is holy, God is dedicated to his people, the Holy One of Israel comes actually to his sinful people to bring redemption to them. God's holiness is what motivates him to come to his sinful people to bring cleansing and forgiveness. So you think of holy as, oh, he's way over there and he's really ticked off and really angry and till we get our act together, he's just going to remain angry. So that is not the picture of God. That is not the picture of God we're seeing here. He's faithful, he's father, and he's dedicated to us even in our sin. And his holiness is what motivates him to come to our sin and bring healing. But there are conditions. There are conditions. Well, like what? Return faithless Israel. You got to do that. You got to return. For I am faithful, I'll not be angry for their. But here's the thing acknowledge your guilt. Acknowledge your guilt. Acknowledge what you've done. You've got to confess. And see, that's the hard thing to do is you have to acknowledge your guilt and need. Why is it so hard for us to do that? Sherry and I are re-watching The Chosen, and we watched last night the one, what was it, Sherry? Lawless? The, what was the name of the, anyway, it's the next to last of season two. And it's, this, it's Mary who has been rescued by Jesus, and now she is through some 
bad choices on her part, sinful choices on her part. She has walked away, and they send Peter and Matthew to find her, and they do, and they bring her back, and she says, I can't come back. I can't come back. He rescued me. I can't go back. I'm just living in my shame. See, and what happens is we think we can't come back because of our shame, because of our guilt, because he's just going to rub it in or something. And see, that's not the case. That is not the case. God is the one who's going to bring healing and forgiveness if we'll acknowledge our guilt and need. But because of our shame and because of our defensiveness, we're inclined not to do that because we're afraid that he's going to hurt us somehow. So the return, which is the second thing there, comes with the acknowledgement of guilt and need. And see, that's where the serpent tells us, it's, there's, you didn't do anything wrong. Ironically, what's happening in our society today, in many cases, in, when people do wrong things, you go to a counselor, and the counselor helps you understand why you did those wrong things and why it's okay. Because you abused a child, now you're abusing children. Okay, there it is. It's okay. You abuse kids because you were abused, and there it is. No, you have a responsibility to respond in return. And that's what God is saying. And there's a final thing. We need to receive and live his newness. See, for repentance to happen, to come back to the living God who brings healing and cleansing and forgiveness, we have to acknowledge our need. And that's actually hard to do. That's actually hard to do. As I was talking to Carrie yesterday about her own story, when she was in a difficult spot, some of you have heard her story, I won't retell it here, but the thing that made it work for her is some people came alongside her and made real the grace and forgiveness and help of God, and they were shepherds who helped her come back and get past her own shame and feeling, I've done things that cannot be forgiven. See, and that's a lie of Satan. That's a lie of Satan. I've done too much. I can't possibly be forgiven. It's just not true. What's the result? I will give you shepherds after my own heart who will lead you with knowledge and understanding. In those days, your numbers increased. How glad she your children, give you the pleasant land. Look what God wants to give, the most beautiful inheritance of any nation. God wants to give us to enjoy the rich inheritance of the Father. He's so keen on giving us the best of his land, the best of his goodness. If we'll return. Break up your unplowed ground and it will yield abundant harvest. And that unplowed ground metaphor there in chapter 4 is like, well, I grew up on a farm. And when you break up the ground is when you plant the seeds and it'll grow incredible stuff. So he's break, he says, plow that ground, which is break up your hard hearts and be willing to receive his seed, his rain, and his harvest. And lastly, he talks about circumcise yourselves to the Lord. That circumcision means mark yourself as somebody who is faithful to God. Circumcised hearts will be loyal, trusting, and Christ-like. So the results. You get the beautiful inheritance. You become fruitful with the fruit of the Spirit. And you become Christ-like, using your power, using your gifts to serve other people 
and build faithful relationships that last into eternity. That's what he's talking about. What's the alternative? What's the alternative to repent? What's the alternative to repent? You'll face God's wrath and judgment. Because what's happening here when you're adopting the ways of other gods, again, you're consolidating power to yourself to crush those you don't like. It's called injustice. And you're exercising your passions in every way you want. You're indulging every sinful desire that you have, which is, we call it sex trafficking, all those kinds of stuff. And God, there comes a spot when God's judgment will surely happen. Jay's going to help us see more of that next week. Forgiveness. How can he justly, how can God justly take his people back? Because of the cross, where the penalty was paid. Forgiveness is provided at the cross, but the thing is, it's applied to those who will acknowledge their need and receive it. See, unless we acknowledge our need to him and receive his forgiveness, we will not experience that forgiveness. It's crazy. You'll experience his calling. You'll experience a lot of his blessing, but you have to repent and return. You know this passage? Say yes. We all know that one. For God so loved the world that he gave his own and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. What we're saying here is forgiveness is full for family membership. What do you have to come, what do you have to do to come into the family of God? And the answer is nothing except receive his invitation. Nothing except receive his invitation. There is no condition whatsoever to come into the family of God except receive his invitation and say, yes, I want you to take my sin to yourself, Lord Jesus Christ. But there's another passage, 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so what you're saying here, there is a condition here. For forgiveness, you have to confess the sins. And what he's talking about, it's conditional once you're in the family. Because the sin is all taken care of the cross as far as our family membership is concerned. But in the family, the hurt that's done through sin needs to be confessed and applied and reconciled. So I look at this, and I think repentance is a whole person action. When I think about it, you have to change values and allegiances. Jay talked about this last week, so I won't go into it a lot. We have to do words and actions. We're going to do baptism here in a little bit here in this first service. And what's happening in that baptism is the action that says, I repent. I receive your forgiveness. I follow you away, Lord Jesus. Repentance is essential, but it's neither cheap nor superficial. What did it cost God to bring us forgiveness? That's our Lord Jesus Christ on a cross. That's God hanging on a cross. The cross is a symbol of power of Rome that says, you get in my way, you rebel against me, this is what I'll do to you. Ironic that the cross that's a symbol of power for the oppressor has now become the symbol of a different kind of power 
for God who's willing to take our sin into himself. What are you doing that's breaking God's heart? Did you ask us that question last week? What are you doing that's breaking God's heart? I'm going to invite you to take just a little bit here to ponder some of these things. What influences you to compromise your loyalty to Yahweh? Because the way of Jesus is the way of serving others. It's a way of focusing our passions for the sake of relations that are faithful and full of integrity. It's a way of confessing our sins and receiving his forgiveness, a way of bringing our shame to him and receiving his honor instead. What are you doing that compromises our relationship with God? Because the gods, you can often find them, but I think what is it that you find yourself wondering about or admiring that doesn't lead you to Yahweh? A lot of those things. And the call is, return to God before it's too late, because judgment is inevitable if you stay in your sin. We'll take these last few minutes here. This is a passage, Psalm 139, 23, 24. Is a, it's like a breath prayer for me. I pray this prayer constantly. Because if I'm doing something that's breaking God's heart, I want to know about it. And I'm asking y'all, my church family, if you see me doing things and you say, what are you up to, Gary? Come talk to me, please. I invite you. Let's read this together, okay? You online, too. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. How can I say to you and to God, see if there's any wicked way in me? And the answer is simply this. That wickedness has already been paid for at the cross. That healing has already been provided through the cross of Jesus Christ. All I have to do is bring it into myself. Worship team, you want to come up here? I want you to take just a minute here. Here's a passage. First and great commandment, Jesus said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, with all your strength. Oh, it's a different one here. With all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. I want you to take a, literally a minute here. And I want you to think, what is a spot where you have actually allowed yourself to be compromising your unique devotion to God? Just take a minute and ponder it prayerfully. Do that right now. You online too. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Lord, we have sinned. Read together. Search me, God. Read together. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Let me give you another one to ponder here for a bit. But those you're listening and say, love your enemies, Jesus said. 
Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Again, I want to ponder. I want you to stop, and I want you prayerfully to look at your life over this last week, this last month, and where have you violated this? Because I guarantee you we all have. There's so much anger and so much vitriol flowing around. Where's a time when you personally have disobeyed the command of our Lord Jesus Christ? Just take a minute and ponder and ask God to show you the wickedness in your own heart. Let's read together. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. I heard a story this week of a boy who went into a confessional Roman Catholic church, and he kind of playfully confessed some sins to the priest. And the priest assigned him a penance. He said, I want you to go down to the front of the church where there's a crucifix in a Roman Catholic church. He says, I want you to look at the crucifix, look at Jesus hanging on the cross, and I want you to say three times, I have, and name the sin, and I don't care what you did about it. Can you look at Jesus Christ hanging on a cross in light of what you've done and say, I don't care what you did, Jesus. I'm going to continue doing my sinful way because, frankly, I want to do it. That's what we're talking about. One more. One more. Get of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander among you from every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you. Again, I want you to take just a moment here and ponder places where you violated the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, knowing that he's purchased your forgiveness and asking you to repent, acknowledge your need, and return to him now. Let's read together. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me. Lead me in the way everlasting. This is my prayer for us all that we'll be really good at acknowledging our need and repenting and receiving the forgiveness, the honor, the cleansing that comes in Jesus Christ. Let's sing. Thank you for joining us for Sermon Audio from Grace Community Church here in Gresham, Oregon. For more information about service times and ways to follow us online, please go to gracecc.net. That's gracecc.net.